Hello and good day. Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. I'm Tim. And we are from supergoodcamping.com. We are here because we're on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. We'd like to welcome back a wonderful couple from right here in Southern Ontario. They originally joined us last year to chat about their epic trip to hike the West Coast Trail. Today, they're going to share some of their highlights from their recent trip to the other side of the country. Please welcome back Alex and Jess, otherwise known as Tents and Timber, or hey. I think she actually. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having us. Hey guys. Thank, hey. Thanks for coming back and yakking again. I, I couldn't, uh, I, I briefly looked at how long ago it was like we published it last last sorry a year ago june like i i wouldn't have thought it was that long ago june and 2022 is what you're 2022 to. yes um and, and who knows how long before that we actually recorded it so okay. it's nice to see you guys Same again guys. <laughs> absolutely yeah you two have been busy we've seen uh, lots of podcasts out from you i think you just had your 100th episode or something we just did yep yeah yep. wonderful big birthday it's weird. It's stunning to take that to be having done it that long. I feel like it. 100 episodes. Yep. So you guys went east this year. We did. Where did you go? How long was it? Tell us all the things. We actually went for 32 days in total. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we feel pretty fortunate that we were able to have that luxury to take that much time off of our full-time jobs. Uh, but yeah, we just, uh, we really wanted to go east. We haven't, we went when, when we were kids, Yeah. Uh, but we never went as far as Newfoundland. So the original goal was kind of maybe spend a, a week in PEI, a week in Nova Scotia, a week in New Brunswick, and maybe a week in uh, Newfoundland. But once we started looking at the maps and everything, we're just like, and then all the things that we wanted to do, we were just like, no, we're just going to Newfoundland. There's way too many things to see and do in Newfoundland. So we spent, you know, the bulk of our time over three weeks just in Newfoundland alone. So, that's, yeah, that's my big bucket list item is to go to Newfoundland. That's high on the list of things I'd like to do. So, inspire me. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, it was lovely. We could have easily done three more weeks. Oh, 100%. Um, no problem at all. We mainly focused on hiking and doing crazy excursions. Um, we didn't spend a lot of time in the small towns, so definitely the next time that we go, um, we'll probably shift our priorities and hit some of the smaller towns. Yeah, we figured, uh, well, we're young and our legs and everything are still able, let's uh, do as much hiking and adventurous things as we absolutely can. And then, you know, maybe a little bit later, we had some friends and actually my parents this year uh, did, uh, like flew into Newfoundland and did some bus trips and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, with like big tourist groups. So we figured, you know, way down the road, that's going to be our thing. And then we can see those small towns and all that stuff. But this time we did as much like backcountry-esque things as as we could. So that was really cool. So yeah, we go hiking. <clears throat> where did we go hiking? Mm -hmm. um, oh, pretty much everywhere. So the we drove out there. So we took two days, almost three days just to get to Newfoundland. The ferry is uh, a seven hour ferry just in itself to get there. Yeah, um, so we started in Southwestern Ontario, drove all the way to the far east of Nova Scotia, and then hopped on our seven hour ferry to get to our final destination. And then from- Did you have a nap on the ferry? <laughs> oh yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we, <did. laughs> we took a few gravel to help us sleep. 
just because we weren't really sure. We'd heard some like horror stories on like how rocky that boat can be. You're crossing the ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, we had like super smooth. Uh, it was it was raining. We couldn't. It was foggy, so we couldn't really see much. You know, there was stories of people seeing whales and you know animals and stuff as you're sailing across, but we couldn't really see much. So we just slept uh, the entire way across. We did a, a day ferry on the way there. And then on the way back we, to try something different, we took the night ferry um, and actually got a cabin. So we mm-hmm. actually had a bed where we were able to sleep. But uh, it wasn't anything like like an airplane, I guess. Our seats were much bigger, much wider. So it was very luxurious kind of thing. Yeah, both options were fantastic. I think we, we enjoyed yeah. both. So Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we ended up in the south southwest kind of corner of Newfoundland. And then there's not much really in the in the center of Newfoundland, I guess. So the main highway kind of takes you, arcs you across all the way to St. John's. Um, so the goal was to drive all the way across. And then you can actually take a ferry from there all the way back to Nova Scotia, but that's a 17-hour ferry. Um, so we figured we'd get more enjoyment. Driving back. So we drove all the way... To to the far side of Newfoundland and then ended up driving all the way back in that th- three week span. Yeah. Um, how, how many hours roughly of, of driving was that? So it takes about from like St. John's back to Port of Basque where the ferry is to go back to Nova Scotia. It's about nine hours of driving. Yeah. So not horrible in the grand scheme of things. And I think living on Ontario too, we're so used to having to drive fairly far to get to, some of the more wilderness locations, right? So we found right. we found the drive, and the drive is so beautiful. Just the landscape's incredible. The mountain ranges. It's just our concern with this trip was that we were were going to get burnt out of driving just with what we were taking on. But I never once was just like, oh my gosh, we have to have another long drive day every day. It was just like, bring it on. What are we going to see today? So we really enjoyed the whole thing. Yeah, in cool. total. In the 32 days, we put eight over 8,000 kilometers on the car. <laughs> so yeah, it was, a, it was it was just a little, <laughs> a little bit of dri- driving, a little bit of driving. <laughs> but yeah, as Jess said, like you know, we don't have mountains really in Ontario. So driving through Newfoundland, like you just there's just mountains that you're you know drive around the next bend and there's some big mountains. So it was just it was so enjoyable just driving, let alone actually yeah. exploring and getting out there. So. And you're right along the ocean the whole time when you're driving? Pretty much, except for kind of the middle portion. You're you're a little bit back from the ocean. But uh, yeah, on on either side, you're pretty much following the ocean. You're never too far from the ocean, really. Mm -hmm. When you mentioned not being able to see whales on the ferry, but did you see whales in the the portions where you're driving or hiking? (laughs) Unfortunately (laughs) not. No, we did not luck out weather-wise on this whole month-long adventure. I... I want to say it rained more than half the time. Yeah. I haven't added it. I haven't fully added it up yet. Um, but as an example, and I know for sure the first four days it rained on us, um, which were our travel days. So it wasn't so bad. So, <clears throat> and then, you know, when we actually made it to the far East coast and we were doing some backpacking and stuff, it rained all five days of that hike. So we were a little soggy, but it was worth it. <laughs> But I think we lucked out, like, you know, as far as much as it did rain, we definitely lucked out for the days that it did rain. 
So we did some, some bigger hikes, um, you know, like a 17 kilometer hike in one day. And, you know, that day we lucked out that it didn't rain. It rained the day before and the day after, but not that particular day. So I, I think we were even, no, we did get a lot of rain. Uh, you know, it's not camping unless it's raining. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, what month did you go just for reference? We went in August. Pretty much the entire. So pretty much from both long weekends. Um, yeah. So yeah, we kind of did the west side of the island first. So we went to our destination was Gross Morn, and we spent a week in Gross Morn, um, and that was lovely. That was kind of what drew us to that province first. Was just looking at some of the photos of Gross Morn. It's like we have to get there. Yeah, if you type in Newfoundland into Google, the first photo you're going to see is photos of Gross Morn and the fjords and stuff that they have there, and it's. It's just absolutely stunning. So that's their big national park there. Um, and yeah, we ended up spending seven days there. We'd only planned to spend six, uh, but it was just so nice. We actually extended our stay by a, an extra day. So yeah. um, we ended up, while you were there. so we stayed in eight different campgrounds over the course of the whole month that we were away. Um, and then that doesn't include camping on the actual East coast trail. Cause that was in different campsites as we kind of hiked along. And technically that's not really a campground. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we stayed in, we slept in our car the first night. Um, just because we weren't planning on it, but it was pouring rain and I didn't want to set the tent up in the pouring rain. So we just kind of kept driving and then, yeah. And we were both feeling so great driving. We were just like, you know what? we're just going to go as far as we're comfortable going. And we ended up finding a really cute spots on iOverlander. There's an app for overlanding and um, more van lifers. Um, so we used that app to try to find somewhere that was relatively good to stay. And yeah, that night worked out wonderful, but yeah, we started in gross morn. Yep. Yeah. Slept in the car, slept in Waikokoma provincial park in Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. And then we stayed in a, small little provincial park in Newfoundland called JT Cheeseman Provincial Park. And then we got to Grossmorn where we stayed for, for the seven nights. And in Grossmorn, it's kind of like Algonquin where there's like the different campgrounds in Algonquin kind of along the main highway. That's the same thing in Grossmorn. So yeah. there's, I don't know, five or six different campgrounds there. We stayed in two different ones and explored kind of the south end of Grossmorn and then drove farther north and explored the north end because the landscape is just so crazy. Um, in the southern portion, they have what's called the tablelands. And it's just giant mountains, but they're like almost like an orangey red color. Um, and just bare. And yeah, no trees, no grass, no nothing. And then on the north side, you know, the, it's big lush forests of uh, and mountains and stuff like that. So it's big kind of difference, you know, driving from one side to the other, uh, which was, which was really neat. So we stayed in Gross Morn and then we started our drive across to the other side of Newfoundland and we stayed in some smaller little provincial parks. And then we got to the East coast trail where we hiked that for five days. And then Jess has an old friend over there. So we stayed in at their place for a couple nights kind of near St. John's and uh, got to hang out with them and explore the area. And then from there, we basically in St. John, we made that eight, nine hour drive all the way back to the ferry 
and took the, the ferry back across. So, yeah, we stayed in quite a few different locations, um, but there's so many that we just kind of unfortunately had to, if we only stayed like one night there, like it was just like a tease. We were just like, oh, we just want to stay, want to explore some more. Like the, like air- the little towns, yeah, like Twilling Gate and Bonavista. I can't wait to go back to those areas to explore more. And there's just even just great day hikes there as well. Uh, there, there's so much to see. And how were the were the people like everybody says? You know, they're just they're so <clears throat> so friendly and all that. Is that the real deal? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we were really hoping to accomplish with having this longer time frame. Was you know not just to do all like the touristy things while we were there. We wanted to kind of get in um, and meet people and talk to different communities and that and. It, Everyone asks, it's like, oh, well, what was your favorite part? And obviously all the adventuring was great, but the people were way up there in probably the top things that we experienced on this trip. They were lovely and just, yeah, yeah would give you the shirt off your back, their back. It was just um, different pace than Ontario as well. And uh, yeah, no, they were fantastic. Sweet. Well, and uh, in terms of comparing your West Coast trail trip to your East Coast trail trip, <laughs> Um, any comparisons, anything different, anything better or um, worse? Well, it was completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's hard to compare the two. Yeah. So the West Coast Trail is an actual national park. So it's all well-maintained. There's, um, you know, lots of info about it and that type of stuff. Versus the East Coast Trail is actually a complete volunteer organization. It's a non-profit uh, organization or not-for-profit and uh, the trails aren't as well marked. There's not, there's a few designated campsites, but a lot of it is just kind of not really. So it's not as well done and nice and as used as the West Coast Trail would be, I guess. And it's substantially longer. Yes. The West Coast Trail is roughly like 88, 90 kilometers versus the East Coast Trail is 336 kilometers. That's a little bit longer. Yep. Yes, yeah. so it's a bit longer. Um, we did not do the whole um, trail because we would have been there. At minimum, I think it was like 12 days is the recommended or No, or like 18. Oh, 18. But yeah. Um, so we did 50 kilometers of the over 300. Um, but yeah, so it just the biggest difference was is that it is all 100% volunteer based. So they do all the maintenance, all the clearing, um, maintain the boardwalks and everything. So like kudos to them. Their map was actually really great. Um, they have an organization that we ordered their maps from so we could decide where we wanted to put start the hike and end the hike. And it was great detail. So we were grateful for all the volunteers that put that together. Ladders to go up and down like there was on the West Coast or no? We, in some spots, I'm sure that we wish there was would, some ladders. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but no, for the most part, uh, it's... I don't think it was as like sheer cliffy that we were going up and down as we were hiking. Well, there was just some spots that we, we had a substantial amount of rain and fog on this trip. Um, and so we could have been against cliffs, but we just couldn't see them. But we weren't um, like hiking them necessarily. No, not hiking them. Yeah. So yeah, no. Hiking I, along them. <laughs> I'd say it was a lot more flat kind of walking um, on the East Coast Trail than the West Coast Trail. The West Coast Trail... You know, you're just constantly up and down and up and down and up and down um, and then walking out onto the beach. And you had like some good 
beach stretches where you're walking along the beach in the West Coast Trail um, versus we didn't really have that on the East Coast Trail. Um, I'd say the the landscape is a little more weather beaten from the ocean and, and the wind and everything. So the trees and like right along the coast, there isn't a ton of big, big trees. Um, so you're able to just kind of like walk some almost like grassy fields to a certain extent um, as you're walking. And then, but generally we were always walking with like a, a hundred foot cliff to our right side um, down into the ocean. It was, it was pretty stunning, was, yeah, stunning. When, when we could actually see and it wasn't foggy. Uh, it was it was a pretty stunning view for the majority of the hike. And is, and is it like the West Coast Trail where you need permits and to organize it going like you did with that, or no? It's just no. That that's a good that's a great question. Actually, no. You as of right now, it's all completely free. So they they really promote obviously you know the leave no trace uh, attitude while you're out there. There is so they've broken the trail down into different sections based on their map. So each section of trail is is labeled and there's like trailheads and it has pretty good descriptions of what's along the way um so before we went we went on we found a facebook group about the trail and someone had actually kind of written down where the campsites were and we could printed that off and as we went along we could kind of uh, however far we wanted to go each day we could you know pick where we were gonna kind of find a place to stay um so for night one, we found there was like a designated campsite and night two, there was a designated like actual East Coast Trail campsite. But after that, we were just kind of sleeping alongside the trail wherever we could find a, a flat a spot. A flat enough spot. And it did, some night, it, the one night it did take some time to find anywhere that was yeah. appropriate to put our tent up, but it worked <laughs> out. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was free, which was really, really neat. Um, and there's parking spots kind of along the trail. Um, so it's broken down to do it for like day hikers. So what a lot of people do is they'll, they'll section hike the trail and they'll go and do one section a day and then kind of make your way along. And then you could sleep in like a hotel or an Airbnb, which, you know, would have been nice. And you can actually do that if you're doing like the entire thing, you actually, Mm -hmm. unlike the West coast trail, the East coast trail, you walk through a lot of small little coastal villages along the trail. So it gives you some more opportunity to, you know, sleep in a hotel or an Airbnb and, you know, get some supplies and food and stuff along the way, which was really nice. Unlike the West Coast Trail, where you're just kind of in a rainforest and you're on your own, uh, the East Coast Trail, there's civilization almost on every pathway to a certain extent. So you're not so remote or isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a kind of, kind of neat way to do it. Like it's very different from anything else, you know, doesn't even Killarney or whatever, if you're doing a, a three day or a five day, you're in yeah. until you come out or until you double back, however that plays out. But yeah, neat. Uh, stop off, have a nice plush Airbnb, go do some grocery shopping. Take in some culture. Catch a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. That'd be neat. So how long did it take? There must've been epic planning. Like, like how long? <clears throat> what? How did you go about? How did you go? What resources did you use? For like the whole Facebook for like the whole month for the whole for your whole trip. Yeah, this was like almost years of planning to a certain extent. And, you know, getting our the biggest thing was actually getting our workplaces to allow us to have this much time off in a row. Um, Right. So that was kind of like the big hinge in the 
in the yeah, plan. Yeah, once we got that approval and we made all of our plans, then it was just like, okay, it's go time. Um, let's start, let's get everything booked. And it's like, okay, well, when can we book here and there? Cause it's so far out, but we couldn't book like, just like Algonquin, we can only book five wow. months out or whatever. Right. So it was planning all that to make sure we didn't miss out in gross Morin being so iconic. The morning that we could book and it opened, I was literally just watching all of the campsites go book, 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 book. I had Alex on the phone. I can't click on anything fast enough to get this thing booked. <laughs> so it, it worked out, but it was like the panic of like, oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to camp there because it was so quick. But um, I think everyone was just very eager on that 7 a.m. Um, opening of the booking. And it, it did calm down after that. And there was availability, but just watching everything flicker, I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like booking Ontario Parks, boy. Yeah. Pretty much. Actually, the, I, overall, the ferry was probably the hardest oh, one. Oh, true. Um, the ferry books up very, very quickly. You almost have to book that you know, six, eight months in advance just to even get there. So, yeah, some of the campgrounds were a little bit easier, and then we didn't have to book anything for the East Coast Trail, so that was... And that gave us some flexibility, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had like an overarching plan of where we were going to be, but we didn't really plan out each day it's like okay we're doing this today this today this today it's kind of like these groups of days we're going to try to do all these things um because based on weather it was going to be really weather dependent on what we could do in terms of our hikes and things like that we're comfortable hiking in the rain to a certain extent uh, but we also want to enjoy the trails that we are going to be doing so we did um the mountain trail in gross morn that's a 17 kilometer loop and it's like okay well we're going to really pick which day we're going to do that because we're climbing up a mountain we want to enjoy it as much as we can um, and not have inclement weather to deal with. So thankfully Jess is like the Excel ninja and we just, (laughs) we just like had each day kind of roughed out. And then like, you know, if it's going to be nice, we can do these things. If it's not going to be nice, we can go to these museums or something. So it was tough. Like, you know, we're, we're so used to planning, you know, you go on a canoe trip and you're like, okay, I have to get to this lake today. I have to get to this lake tomorrow we had to leave it a little bit more flexible, but there was some things that were like written in stone, like our, our fairy times and our time at gross morn, they were kind of like written in stone. And we knew we had to, you know, make longer drives or push to get to those places in order to be able to see them for the timeframes that we had booked. But luckily with the East coast trail and a couple other items, we were a little bit more flexible and we could alter some things kind of as we went along. But yeah, there was, years of planning that went into this and then you know even day of planning you know some things kind of changed at the last minute so it was yeah lots lots of maps lots of notes lots of lots well, of lots and of just planning. researching and googling and trying to find best spots and things like that or other people's trip reports of you know where's the best place to go right so it's just a lot of the the normal research that we would do for any trip but uh yeah, it was a, a long time. Uh, where did you d- dig up other people's uh, trip reports? Uh, for the East Coast Trail, the big one is actually the East Coast Trail Facebook group. Uh, there's a couple of them. There's some for just like day hikers and then there's uh, for the through hikers. So I think it's on the through hiking Facebook group that it talks about all the different places to camp. And there's, I forget who had created it, but someone's made a phenomenal Excel spreadsheet uh, with all the water sources, all the campsites, um, and different lookouts and stuff along the way. Um, so we, we printed that out. We had it with us. And, 
yeah, that one was more flexible as far as where we were going to be staying because certain sections of the trail are a lot more strenuous and a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know how far we'd actually be able to travel every single day. Um, as an example, similar to the West Coast Trail, there were times where we would only travel one kilometer in an hour of hiking. Um, normally, like walking down a road, you can easily go five or six kilometers in an hour. Uh, but yeah, we were making zero headway. So I think the one day we only made it like seven kilometers. In the, yeah, it was, it was a slow day. <laughs> uh, just because of the amount of rain and how like slippery and kind of dangerous the paths were. We just really took our time. And as Jess said, this was our vacation. So we weren't out there to like uh, kill ourselves and set any new records or anything. We wanted to see and take in as much as we absolutely could. So, Yeah, but we made up for it. We had one seven kilometer day and then the next day or the day after that was 20 kilometers. So we made up for it on that day. We had some great weather. So we're just like, let's just keep on hiking. This is great. We got to the most easterly point of Canada, which is pretty special to see and stand on. And um, so that was a, a pretty wicked day to have that many kilometers underneath our boots. Cool. Uh, on Cape Spear, did you get to Cape Spear? Yeah, so that's the most easterly point of Canada. So point, yeah. we started yeah. uh, at Bay Bulls, I believe is the name of like the, the start of the section that we started on. And then we hiked for three days to Cape Spear. Um, got to see like the most easterly part of Canada. And then we continued another two days up from there um, and then hopped off the trail. And I had read that the trail is open year round. So even in the winter, you can hike the East Coast Trail. Yeah, there's, there's certain sections I probably wouldn't be hiking in the winter. I can't imagine. Yeah. The snow. first section that we did, definitely I wouldn't do that in the winter. Um, just between all the rain and the cliffs. and But the last portion that we did closer to Cape Spear, I would think that would probably be manageable in the wintertime. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, there were sections that were just... They marked them from moderate to strenuous. So it was a good, the maps were really great in determining that. And the strenuous, they were accurate with that name. Um, the moderate <laughs> were pretty, for your, a hiker, like they were pretty good, but the strenuous, they did not lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, uh, water sources. What kind of water sources? I, I my tiny brain because you're beside the ocean salt water so what about what were what was non-salt water sources like you know i'm picturing you know canoeing filtering water and stuff like that is it was that what we were into yeah so the that was actually one of the better parts for the sections that we did um the water was for the most part very very clear mm -hmm. and as i said we were hiking along the cliff edges and then so to my right because we hiked north so to my right was the ocean and like generally it was like a hundred foot, 200 foot drop off to the ocean. So anytime we stepped over a stream or a Creek that just shot over the edge of the cliff down hundreds of feet into the ocean. So it just made for some like insane epic waterfalls, like just falling hundreds of feet down a sheer cliff into the ocean. So those were our water sources. There was a lot of uh, smaller, uh, little creeks that we just stepped over as we were walking each day. There, you know, there'd be anywhere from three to ten uh, little creeks we'd hop over as we were going along. There was a couple bridges, um, so those were our water sources, and they were all relatively uh, pretty clean for the sections that we were doing. 
uh, we'd read that there are a couple sections where the water is very, you know, uh, tea colored with all the tannins, similar to what we're uh, familiar with, with Algonquin. Uh, mm-hmm. But for the most part, our water was, was, was always nice and clean and we still yeah. filtered it obviously. Uh, but yeah, that's where we got our water from. Cool. And you dehydrated food took, took dehydrated food with you or. Yeah. So for this whole month long trip, um, we knew we were going to be like camping and kind of being more secluded. So we did a lot of dehydrated meals. We did did like 25 dehydrated meals ourselves before we went. And Uh, that's what we were planning to use too, even when we were in provincial and national parks. Um, because we were didn't know what the food situation was going to be. We heard that groceries were going to be quite expensive on the East Coast as well. Um, so we just kind of had a meal plan, and we ha- set up a Rubbermaid bin um, with different levels of a pantry. So we had, you know, our oatmeals, our dehydrated meals that we could do for lunch or dinner. Um, so we kind of had a pretty big kitchen um, set just so wherever the heck we ended up, we would always know we'd have a, a meal that we enjoyed with us. But yeah, on the East Coast Trail, we kind of went between our own dehydrated meals and then some, you know, store-bought dehydrated meals, which are just always so delicious. <clears throat> yeah, I, well, I don't think I've ever had a store-bought dehydrated meal. Just because I look at the price tag on them and go, oh, I don't think so. Well, we had, uh, there's a, a manufacturer who makes them here in London, I believe, OTG. I think yep. both, maybe. Or yes, in that area, somewhere yeah. in Ontario, <laughs> and uh, so we we'd always wanted to try one of his, and so we brought one of those along, um, and we've we've always had some pretty good luck with the Alpine Air meals. Um, yeah, they've always been delicious, and for the most part, their serving sizes are like a serving size two, so we can we can share one. So even if it has like a thirteen dollar price tag, you know we're splitting that, so it's you know six bucks a person. Um, so we won't do that all the time, but the convenience factor of just being able to boil water, pour it right into the bag, you know, seal it up. Jess will use that as like a, a hot water bottle and, yep. you know, <laughs> put it under her shirt and like yeah. keep, keeps her warm and, uh, you know, and then just eat right out of the bag. So no dishes, no mess. It's, you know, super easy that way. So uh, we'll do that on the, the harder days. So the mm-hmm. days we hike longer or more exhausted and like you just get to camp, you, you just have enough energy to set the tent up and kind of lie down and then boil some water. That Those are the days where we'll do those mm-hmm. versus sometimes our meals, our dehydrated meals will be, you know, you'll create some mess and you'll have some dishes to do. So Or they take more fuel too, sometimes too, if you need to let them simmer. Um, mm-hmm. So it on the long haul hike trips, we'll mix it up just for ease a little bit. And try, we're always a bit mindful too of our comfort level with weights. And what we want to carry on our back. Um, so we went a lot lighter weight this hike and we were grateful for it. It, it completely was game changer on the trail. Absolutely. And I know you guys are into fishing. So did you do any fishing while you're on the East Coast? <clears throat> oh, I, I definitely wanted to. Um, but the fishing rules are a little trickier there. Um, you need multiple licenses to go fishing. And for an out of province thing, it's it's more expensive. Um, and then we thought about even just doing like a, a cod fishing trip. So like getting on someone's boat and having them take us out to go cod fishing. Um, 
but it just didn't end up working into our schedules with the weather and, and the things we wanted to do. We've, again, that's, we kind of put it in our brains that that's something, you know, even if I'm, you know, 80 years old and, you know, I can't go hiking anymore, I could go stand on a fishing boat and go then. So I'll just, we'll put that on the list for, for later. Uh, we were pretty lucky on our return trip home. Uh, we have some friends kind of back closer to home and in New Brunswick. And uh, so we stopped with them for a couple of days and did some coastal fishing with them uh, where you don't need a license to fish in coastal waters. So like you're fishing kind of right in the ocean, essentially. So that was kind of cool. So we were able to do a, a little bit of fishing, uh, but definitely not as much as you know we would have liked. Mm-hmm. Next time. Yeah, so we... Uh, we caught some flounder, which are kind of cool. I don't know if you've ever seen a flounder, but they're like the, the flat fish that rest right on the bottom. And then both their eyes are facing on one side of their body. Um, so we found some of them and some mackerel, I believe, which are just like a, like a little tiny torpedo, uh, but bright blue and stuff like colors we don't have in fish here in Ontario. Yeah, very unique, a lot more vibrant. And just pure muscle. You're swimming around in the ocean. You have all the tides. And so where we were fishing was very close to um, the Bay of Fundy, which if you're not familiar with the Bay of Fundy, that's where the the largest tides are in the world. So twice a day, the tides are going in and out like hundreds and hundreds of feet. So that was kind of pretty interesting to wrap our brains around. We'd be standing on shore and you'd, you'd cast out. And like an hour later, you're 10 feet from the water. And, you know, it was just, you know, going out. So, and when we went, it was during a full moon. So the tides were even more extreme. Um, so yeah, that made for just absolutely what you're constantly having to like chase the water. Cause it just keeps going out farther and farther and farther and farther. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, but because we were on the ocean, the wildlife is more abundant. So a, we never knew what we were going to catch. You're casting into the ocean. Are you going to yeah. catch a whale or a shark or like what, what's going to be on your line? Um, so the one thing that happened to us almost every day that we went fishing is we're fishing and we, we'd catch one or two fish. And then all of a sudden a seal or a sea lion or something would swim into our little bay. And then hey, there's no more fish. They all left because the seal chased them away. So <laughs> You know, that, that was kind of a bummer, but at the same time, it was super cool to like see like sea lions and, you know, big marine wildlife swimming around and uh, they were chasing the fish away. So we didn't catch anybody, anybody, but we got to see some wildlife. So that's an okay trade-off. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. I don't know. What, so fine. There's your, there's your East coast, but <clears throat> along the drive, were there any uh, Bay of Fundy, were there any really cool things that, that will be a memory you're never going to you're going to hang on till till you're our age <laughs> uh yeah well definitely gross morn i'd say it was the most mountainous and again because we don't really have mountains where we are right now um there was one section where you're just driving i think it was like an hour maybe hour drive along and you were going up and down so much like your ears were popping like constantly constantly so like that's how much elevation you were like changing in that hour yeah so that was that was a really cool section uh that we got to drive um i think gross morn in general mm-hmm. is just gonna stick out and we were able to get one of the 
So they're backcountry campsites are, they call them primitive campsites. Um, and you can only book them. I think it was the day of that you wanted to camp. So much different than what we're used to. So when we were booking gross morning, I'm like, I want to book backcountry. And it was only, you have to show up and book it in person. Um, so much different than we're, what we're used to, but that, that, that backcountry campsite in gross morning was one of my favorite nights there. I think it was just fantastic. It was right on the coast. We had a herd of sheep visit us on the coast right there. Uh, we ended up having dinner with them because they were quite happy to graze there. Um, so being able to have that experience was really high on my list of just awesome adventures. But as far as far as driving, I'd say the second best was the Twillingate area, mm. which is famous for like icebergs, obviously a little bit earlier than August in the season. Uh, but that just the landscapes there, like it re- definitely reminds you of something like you've experienced in Europe with like the cliffs down into the ocean and the foggy little fishing villages. Um, that place we wish we could have spent more time in and explored some more of because um, there was some great like hiking trails there, just, you know, even short ones. Um, so yeah, that place I could, we could have just driven around through those little towns and villages all day long. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Uh, any epic trips planned or do you want to disclose that information? <laughs> For like next year you're talking about? Oh, this Next week. whenever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully we get a winter. I don't really know what Southern Ontario is going to bring for us this year. Uh, ideally, we would just do some ice fishing trips uh, around here. But if it's anything like last year, we might not get that much ice. So, um, yeah, for next year, we haven't really sat down. We've yeah. still been, we're still literally going through all the footage and the amount of pictures and videos and stuff that we took from our East Coast trip. We're still kind of trying to collaborate that all together. So we haven't put too, too much thought into next year yet. Um but in order to go to the national parks in Newfoundland that we went to, like Gross Morn, we did have to buy uh, a national parks pass. So that's good for, for one year. So there's the possibility of visiting maybe a national park in Ontario. We talked about that uh, for 2024 before our pass expires. Um, but yeah, don't really know. Open to suggestions. Cool. I was going to say open suggestions. Yeah. What, what do you guys have planned? <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> so when when we when we camp, it's car camping, right? Um, so I don't know. That's generally a where do you want to go, hun? Okay, I'll book it. I'll figure something out. Um, as far as backcountry, because it's uh, it's with our our, our eldest uh, is what I usually do. Where I've actually it has recently sort of come to my mind that I only backcountry camp with him. Like I don't. I don't do anything with anybody else. So we, we actually, we had a friend come on our fall trip. Uh, and that was a, just for me, it was a mind blowing. It was like, well, somebody else on the trip. How cool is that? So it was because it was really enjoyable, just the, the weird dynamic of having that third person. Um, I started planning to do maybe a, a six or an eight person trip to somewhere like, uh, Killarney or, you know, somewhere in that realm of the world, uh, next summer, uh, try to, try to see if we can snag, you know, two sites sort of closest together and, uh, and do something like that. That's, oh, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's very early planning. So 
I'm sure I'll trip over something at some point, but yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I like just missed you. I I believe you went to the wildlands this year and I think I went. Yes. You were the week after or something you and, uh, and Cohen, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 That was a different experience. I've never done, um, what do they call that? Non-operating. So we, Thomas and I were, I don't know, we were a ways north uh, and figured we'd we'd paddle down and and pick up a site uh, closer down to Head Lake, hang out there for another day and then bail out early on the Sunday morning. We came down, (laughs) there was nothing. We never saw a site that was open and we paddled around for hours. So we just, just kept going. And ended up having to bail out a, a day early because I didn't. It hadn't occurred to me that it was Saturday, and it was beautiful, you know, towards the end of the towards the end of the season. And it's like, ah, shoot. So I'll be planning that differently next time. Yeah, we, I we were pretty lucky. Like we did on Monday to a Friday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there was nobody. As we were leaving, it was just like one canoe after yep, another yep. was passing us, going in the other direction. I'm like. Well, I think we timed this quite well. I, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. That was my first time going there too, to an, to a non-operating park. And yeah, the weekends are, uh, are very, very busy. Yep. And then it's weird to see boat traffic too. Like, I don't know. There's, there's a couple of t- times I've run into it in the Kawartha Highlands and in Algonquin, but just tiny little boats. These are like big ass boats. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, it, it messes with my brain. I want to see people, you know, people, people power moving, moving boats. Right. Yeah. And that's why we're such big fans of Algonquin, where there's only like a handful of lakes that actually allow motorized mm-hmm. boats. And then even then those motors have to be, you know, a certain size. So, yeah, like five horse or I think they go up to nine at some point. But right. that, I, I'm kind of OK with that. But these were like big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Weird. That's it for us for today. Thank you so much to our special guests, Tencent Timber or Alex and Jess. Uh, please do check them out. They're on YouTube, Instagram, all the all the things. I think they have like 80, 80 something videos up on YouTube now. Because I remember we we figured out the number the last time you were on and it was a much smaller number. So way to put that content out. <laughs> yeah, there'll be there'll be lots more coming too with our East Coast adventure. We haven't even fully started posting that on YouTube. Just more so. Well, it sounds like it would be epic and beautiful. So yeah, yeah you definitely want to check that out. Really looking forward to that. <laughs> and, and check us out too. We're on YouTube also. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, we love to hear from you. Uh, our email address is hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com. Or you can just check us out on our website. And um, we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.